Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today uh, we gather as a community for our regular weekly worship, the experience that carries us along through the years. We do this for a number of reasons, and the first of these is found in today's collect, uh, the core of which says this, Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Everlasting life, the experience of eternity, not only hereafter, but in the quality of life lived here and now in that promise. That is a promise of a powerful, life-changing and wondrous experience of living, maybe only glimpsed and tasted from time to time, but worth its weight in Golden fine diamonds, if they're worth anything. Who could ask for anything more? And if taken seriously and believed wholeheartedly, uh, the line to get in would extend down the street to the edge of town. If taken seriously and believed in wholeheartedly. Um, This is what happened to a man called Stephen. His life and heart were touched by Jesus And he was both among the first seven deacons of the church entrusted with the funds to care for the needy, but he was also an eloquent preacher whose message was so successful and compelling that some opponents of the church started a a dirty trick smear campaign against him when they couldn't uh, win an honest argument. This, Stephen, is a warning to those who step upon the path. Because if you do take this business on, and it takes a hold of your life, it will indeed be wonderful, uh, but also potentially dangerous in a corrupt and cynical world. For Stephen stuck to his guns, he told his truth, and he would not back down or shut up when threatened. And we heard the fatal results of this integrity in the passage uh, read from the book of Acts today. An angry mob yelling down the truth teller and then stoning him to death. Now, sticking to the truth may not always cost you your life, but it can sometimes be bad for your career or or for certain sorts of friendship of the follow the herd variety and otherwise inconvenience to life. It would be very difficult being a politician and be absolutely uh, truthful um, with every word that you uh, speak, for example. Now, today's passage from... First Peter is also very appropriate for the journey of faith and indeed for all of us because we all need to be strengthened and nourished along that path of life once we've stepped upon it. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that it, by it you may grow into salvation if indeed you have tasted, tasted that the Lord is good. Faith is not so much a matter of the intellect as it is of the other senses. And here Peter uses the the sense of taste. And you know when something tastes good. You know when something tastes wholesome. And God tastes good. Now, there are lesser tastes, of course. Um, Soda pop and candy and fried chicken all taste good in their own way. Um, But a crisp, fresh apple or a ripe tomato... It's both harder to find 
and yet better tasting than cheap sweets or fried food, um, even if the taste needs to be acquired. It took me for a while, uh, for, for example, a while to acquire a taste for celery. I didn't actually like the taste of celery when I first tried it. Mind you, I didn't like the taste of scotch when I first tried it. Uh, I acquired a taste for both, but let's stick with the celery. Um, you know, when you crunch into a nice fresh stick of celery, it really does taste good. When I was a kid spending summers in remote West Wales and far from a candy store, I did hanker for, uh, for good-tasting things, although my eyes were set, my taste buds were set on candy at the time, probably, but we had to chew on green barley shoots, or when the barley got a little riper, dig out the, uh, the seeds when they're still soft and sweet. Uh, oats would do in a pinch, and um, wild, that didn't taste as good as barley. And wild sloes, a kind of miniature plum, when really ripe, were okay uh, as well, but you had to get there before the birds did. Taste, when not bombarded by artificial ingredients from a laboratory, tell the truth. And God tastes good. And things that taste good are an indication of wholesomeness. Peter continues, Come to him a living stone. Though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight, and like living stones... Let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's something, isn't it? One of the reasons we come here on Sunday is to remind ourselves that we are a holy priesthood. We're, 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 we're very special people. And um, we're a spiritual house, we're a royal priesthood. We can hang plaques and pedigrees up on the wall. So this means there's a lot more to being baptized and walking the road than, um, than coming and getting your kid done at your local church and then going on with your life the way you were living it before. It's meant to make a profound difference in who you are and what you will be. Called out of darkness and into God's marvelous light. Wow, that's quite an image, isn't it? And finally, in the Gospel, a passage very frequently read at funerals, which reminds us again that this business of living uh, life um, as a baptized person is not just a passing happenstance of childhood. It's an essential part of a much bigger picture. And we hear from Jesus as he prepares his disciples uh, for life after he has left them, and of course for them after they've left life, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, mansions we used to say in the King James Version. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. We're not just wandering around here, left to our own devices and desires, in an existence that will go poof when we die. We are living in an eternal context, which leads the way to a bigger realm of significance and of hope. I have no idea what happens after we die. Um, and I say this often enough at funerals, um, but I know that it's of God and it's good. It'll both taste good and look good and feel good when, 
we get to whatever it is we're heading to. I believe that this tells us not so much that what really matters lies somewhere in the hereafter, but that what really matters happens here in this life and can be lived to the full beyond fears and anxieties and fantasies because the one who lived and died among us is with us here in spirit and showing us how we can live to the full and then retire when our life's task is done to the place he's prepared for us. He said, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father and I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Um, I think you have to be careful about what you ask for, of course. (laughs) And you have to ask with a sense of purpose and of dignity um, some parishioners of mine when I was in Kingston had, an, had a sign company had a young employee who just found the Lord and he'd, he'd been born again and he was spending all his time praying and the father said well what are you praying for he wanted Jesus to send him a girlfriend <laughs> so, I don't know if he got his wish or not whether he was happy with the, 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 the outcome but, um, so uh, in him you will do great work greater than you can imagine In him, your life will mean something valuable and powerful. And in him, you will be the spiritual house and priesthood, continuing his work of redemption in the world. And in him, you will never be left behind. Uh, How's that for, uh, for a promise? Amen.